Hey guys, welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. My name is Ian. And this is Kenny. As always, we got the Ken Master in, the, in the house. <laughs> how how you doing this week? Man, I am I am living life to the fullest I can. We'll yeah. Call it that, right? How are you? Um, What's going on? Uh, w- would it be cool if I did like a like a cool ro- radio voice? Here yeah. I am. No, that's kind of Texas. I don't know. <laughs> I I ran out of steam like immediately. No, you got it. Um, I'm I'm good, man. Apparently, we sound like radio DJs already. We've gotten the feedback, <laughs> so we are we are already there. Yeah. We're already there, Daddy-O. What if I called you Daddy-O all the time? Dude, that's fine. You want to call me Daddy-O? Yeah. Call you Popeye. Popeye. (laughs) Popeye the the radio man. There you go. (laughs) Um, This week, this is our uh, comic book episode. This week, welcome to the comic book podcast. Yeah, this is uh, this week we're talking about Barrier by Brian K. Vaughn, Marcos. Is it Marcos? Yeah, Marcos Martin and Munza Vicente, mm-hmm. which um, I don't know if you read a lot of like their afterwards per issue, uh-uh. but they're married. Oh, Marcos Martin and, and Munza Vicente are, Got are, you. are man and wife. Okay, that kind of that's cool actually. Yeah. <clears throat> and one of them does the uh, pencils, and the other one does the art yeah. or the like the colors. That's so dope. Okay, yeah. so that's cool. So it's like Brian K. Vaughn kind of like hanging out with this married couple. And they're like, hey, let's <laughs> yeah. come up with this fucking comic book. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Apparently they worked on a Batman book before this. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. I've never, I didn't know about any of that. Yeah, and I mean, the, this is something I kept seeing in comic book stores and like picking up the individual issues for and oh. really wanting to read all. I feel like I had even been like, every time we had been in a comic book store together, I was like, hey, look, look at this. This yeah. is cool, right? And you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's Brian K. Bond. Is it, is it sideways? Yeah. All the issues, you know, have that sideways facing like And there's cover. single issues of them? Yeah. And there's single issues of them. Yeah. It's the five individual issues. Yeah. That I think make up the, you know, this collected little story, yeah. right? Um, but you know me, I'm a big Brian K. Vaughn fan. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love Saga. And uh, so that's like a, you know, something that I'll, uh, yeah. I'll back to the end of time. And so I was pretty pumped for this read. This was something I really was excited for yeah. to get down to. And then when we realized how it was presented to yes. us was a big surprise for me. Like, it's so funny that I had picked up this book so many times and obviously never really looked inside to yeah. get a better context of not only what it's about, but the fact that it is a bilingual comic book. Yeah. And the fact that we can even say it's a trilingual yeah. comic book. <laughs> <laughs> even beyond that if we really want to be technical but um yeah so i mean that was like a really when i first found that out and you were like well let's just you want to keep doing this i was like ah, are we really going to keep doing this comic book and only be able to read half of it mm-hmm. and um i mean i kind of went into it with that mentality and then by like issue two or three i was just blown i mean now you're blown away by it and you yeah. realize that it doesn't matter and that the title really is kind of a reflection of what the comic book wants to be. You know? Right. But, so it's it's called Barrier, yeah. and it's a lot about the language barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, right at the top of this, I want to say this is our most, this is the easiest, hmm, how should I phrase this? This is the easiest that anyone who is listening to this can literally pause this episode and go read this book right away. Yeah, it's like an hour read. Well, not only that, it's on Panel Syndicate. Oh, true. It's that, also that, available to everybody. <laughs> yeah, this this is like one of their big exclusives. I mean, later it was published or republished through Image. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this you can go get this right now. It's a they do a buy now name your price kind of deal. Um, and uh, I won't judge you. 
on what you pay yeah. for this book, but I recommend it highly. Go yeah. to panelsyndicate.com. This is not a plug. No, not a plug. <laughs> it's honestly just an awesome reality that yes. that's, it's so available like that. <laughs> and uh, you can get Barrier. Um, this is not the only book that this team has put up on Panel Syndicate. There's also The Private Eye, which I'm very interested in reading, okay. which came out before this. Dang, very cool. Yeah, so I think eventually later down the line we will That'll cover. be something we kind of yeah. come back to. Nice. Well, awesome. Yeah. Um, but let's get into this. This yeah. is five issues. Um, they're all um not typically numbered mm-hmm. where like a, a normal issue would be around 20 pages because of the the fact that these are digital books yeah. first and foremost they were able to play with the amount of of pages that they had available yeah to them. like those rules could be bent a little bit exactly and so um i th- i believe the first issue is like 50 something pages or something like that is it really that long it's well that's the it's thing pretty... this book reads so, so smoothly quickly. Oh my God, this book is is such an easy read. Yeah, I mean, I, like we I said, keep it saying only that. took about an hour. I mean, it really yeah. only took me about an hour to read it, and I had read it twice, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I, I actually had. Uh, you use Google Translate? No, I didn't. Oh. I read it again through with Myra, who oh. can read enough you know, Spanish. Because Spanish, that, yeah, to tell you all a little bit, it's a bilingual book because mm-hmm. primarily the language is spoken in English and Spanish between right. our main two characters, you right. know, and so. Essentially, half the book is in Spanish, and neither me or Ian read Spanish, you know. So it was a it was an interesting challenge to like accept this book where there was a huge language barrier that both of us were going into. So I read it first go run it completely on my own, mm-hmm. just understanding as much as I could through context of what right. was being said. Right. But then went through it a second time with someone who could read in Spanish, but keep in mind, not perfectly right. either. So it was even just like semi-translations I was able to get from her, which I still kind of liked because it still had that barrier of like understanding, but not 100% right. understanding, you know? So. That bums me out a little bit because I could have done that Exact thing with Ashley, (laughs) and she would have been able to perfectly translate the book. Um, But, I mean, at the same time, I showed her one word, which Mm -hmm. is, uh, I think it's Bulio or Mm -hmm. or something like that. And I I assume that's what Carlos calls his son, like a nickname or something like that. And that's one of the words that I was like, ooh, I kind of really want to know what that word means. So I showed it to Ashley, and she was like, I don't know what that is. Yeah, see, there was a lot of words, I think, taken out of context, they either don't translate Perfectly, well, I think it's like... it's maybe something from Honduras, yeah. which is where Carlos is from. He exactly. travels up north through Mexico to try and cross the border, which I mean, he successfully does. Yeah, which I was amazed all happens within the first issue. I, exa- I mean, the first issue gets a lot done, and yeah. uh, I think is the one that is kind of like such a good setup because for what it is it makes you think this comic book is going to be one hand thing when it turns into something right. completely else in its last <laughs> few pages you know yeah. and so but they have to kind of get all of that out of the way quickly you know in mm. order to get i guess t- to the rest of what the story is meant to be about but yeah i mean it's like the first beginning part of it flies by pr- pretty quickly you just kind of have to accept yeah. liddy for who she is and accept oscar for who he is you know right. and what he's going through right now uh without any kind of like compassion or remorse or empathy to their situations you know yeah um one of the first panels that we see is a decapitated horse's head (laughs) skinned on top of that yeah this this comic's shameless there's some (laughs) some fucking gore in this shit um but liddy's farmhand i I don't remember his name is the one that discovers the the head of the horse 
And um, he says, do you think it's aliens? <laughs> and she says, we're not allowed to call them that yeah. anymore. And I think it was right then where I was like, ooh, how wild would that be if this book turned into aliens? So you didn't know what this comic book was about no. either reading? Okay, so that's so awesome. I'm glad yeah. that neither of us expected that. Okay. But I felt like that was the, and retroactively, that was the best like foreshadowing because it literally made me think of literal aliens yeah. at that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I thought that that was pretty sick. Um but let's get it's into so it. so true. You know, I didn't even actually put that together that basically the first lines in the comic hint, like, yeah. this was aliens. You yeah. know? <laughs> so that's so funny that they pretty much put it in your face right at the beginning. And yeah. then through, you know, what you think the comic's going to be about, it changes your perception instantly. Yeah. I think the horse's name was Sprinkles. Yes, yeah, Sprinkles. <laughs> the rest is Sprinkles. Um, but Carlos is an, an immigrant. Mm-hmm. He's trying to cross the border. He Oscar? Oscar. I said Carlos? Mm-hmm. Who's maybe Carlos? Was I think Carlos was the, the ranch the farm hand. hand? Yeah, yeah. So Oscar's our main protag- male protagonist, okay. I guess we'll say. Yeah. Okay. So Oscar is a immigrant mm-hmm. and he's coming across the border and Liddy understands that it's possible that the horse came from like a cartel, yeah. from the Mexican cartel. And there was a, a message much like how there's a message of a decapitated horse's yeah. head in the godfather and i mean i feel like growing up here in tex- southern texas for us we know that kind of stuff is a little bit more than just fiction you know that yeah. kind of shit definitely happens on you know the in the the texas you know line sometimes so yeah it's kind of a very realistic assumption of her to make that like it's like a drug cartel or something yeah you know basically being like hey don't hey don't fuck with us but uh, you know <laughs> i don't know if you can do the accent i think i can because i'm a little bit more Mexican. oh my god <laughs> but shut up <laughs> i can do what i want um but uh she tries to hire a friend of hers who's like a militiaman mm-hmm. who is nuke nuke I, i'm so glad you make that comparison too literally it's, this is like the third episode that we've talked about nuke and he's it's, such a re- who knew he was such a relevant marvel character He's maybe the most relevant Marvel Secret character. Um, and he he's a scumbag. He's like a pure scumbag. Um, I thought that that was... I thought that this book was a little heavy-handed with mm-hmm. a lot of the, um, I guess, stereotypes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it definitely leaned hard into like those kind of stereotypes. And I feel like that scene pretty much only happened to try to give us that side of Liddy, like, oh, she's not just, like, a, uh, an asshole oh. killer. You know what I mean? Call. It was, like, showing that she's not that extremist. Because even up before that moment, she was kind of acting mm-hmm. like an extremist of, like, I'm going to get the dang aliens. I'm going to kill them if I see them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I think that was literally meant to show us that she has, like, a level of empathy for people that, you know, right. she has a standards, I guess. You know? um, that's, that's a good call. Cause mm-hmm. I thought for sure this man, um, who I forget his name, yeah. I'm going to call Irrelevant. him quarterback, Nuke. quarterback Jim. Um, <laughs> I thought for sure he was going to show up again. I thought he oh, was really? going to be like a recurring, like, like menace. There was a lot about the beginning of this comic. I thought was going to reflect the story that had ended up being completely like, red herring as to what this book's about. Like you know? the bartender that does cocaine. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure she was going to come back. This book immediately jumps into mayhem, mm-hmm. and I love it. I know. It's so good. The, you almost don't even want to believe what's going on in the last couple panels of the first issue, you know, because mm-hmm. literally Oscar jumping over the fence, 
hurting himself, her showing up with mm-hmm. the gun. You're like, okay, this all totally tracks on what this book's going to be about. Right. And then for just four pages, you're just incredibly confused and baffled. <laughs> yeah, because what happens is both of our main characters, Oscar and Liddy, get vacuumed. What is the term? It's uh, abducted. Abduct. Abducted. Abducted. <laughs> and they go into outer spas. Um. How did you feel about this? Did you, were you like, fuck, I cannot believe this is turning into this? Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's exactly how, I mean, I was literally like, okay, this is not how I thought this comic was going to go, like instantly. Yeah. What happened? What happened? No, you're fine. Oh, that's fine. Use it. Yeah. Fucking fry it up. Ashley's going to use the air fryer, so if you guys hear beeps and shit, that's... that's uh, You're going to hear that sweet, sweet vacuum noise. It's, the, it's, it's my fiance making her lunch. All right. Um, that's but, what I love about this podcast. It's, yeah. it's, this is casual as fuck. You know, it doesn't ever have to be perfect. We're going to have some fucking dog barks. We're going to have some fucking... Some Bowie's beeps. already trying to get up on the table and, and snack on them chickens. Um, but let's... Let's jump into this. Do we ever learn what these aliens are called? No, right? They're just... Definitely not. They're unknowable as hell. That's something I love about this comic book is exactly... there's From pretty much the end of issue one, we don't get a lot of answers about fucking anything yeah. you know it's more of just a experience the experiences of these two people just trying mm-hmm. to survive together and i loved that you know what i mean yeah. i love the idea of two people who could hardly communicate mm-hmm. being thrown together and having to just fucking survive you know and yeah. i think this is the perfect formula for that and to be like jarring and entertaining you know and to put two people from very conflicting cultures together right. where they would be a hundred percent forced and like okay we can't, don't even have time to bullshit and like yeah. be enemies for a second we are, have to be together right now you know? yeah i thought that this was going to turn into from like reading into it at the very beginning i yeah. thought this was going to be another romeo and juliet not unlike saga yeah exactly and so i thought that that's where this was gonna go and then there's the 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 cliffhanger mm-hmm. of the first issue aliens um after that we only know any more about the characters through flashbacks mm-hmm. because they spend the next four issues primarily upon this alien craft surviving <laughs> that looks like a meteorite it looks unbelievable Dude, everything about the aliens was dope their fucking yeah. ship we get to see their planet on mm-hmm. one of the covers because i guess they just decided to warp all the way back to their play i also liked that we got that little moment from like contact the movie contact or something where it was like the people in the oh you know yeah. like at the satellite like oh this thing just popped up like, it's nothing don't worry about that yeah. oh, it, it rabbit you know jack rabbited or whatever yeah. where it means it just, rabbit hole rabbit rabbit hole, yeah just vanished you know um they i loved the uh use of they used acronyms yeah. like every panel every uh bubble was just like the apb on yeah. the thing you know just like every acronym possible so, um but, but yeah, to, i was just gonna say just to mention because that's so true like the romeo and juliet thing and that's pretty much what i expected exactly that same kind of like saga like forbidden love and i kind of assumed like i bet he has to do with whatever mafia is doing shit on her land and so like she'll be protecting him yeah. from those people for some real reason and that's why i think it's kind of funny one of their earliest panels where they're talking to each other on the alien ship she's like are you part of that mafia and he's like those are mexicans <laughs> i'm honduran you know like he's like i'm not even from that country and like even through just my own context i understood that yeah. that was kind of like he was like what the fuck like <laughs> and it shows like as funny as it how kind of ignorant i even thought about that situation reading at the beginning because it tells you he's from honduras yeah. and not from mexico so i don't know like the writing of this book was incredibly clever you yes know, for yeah. sure and it 
it's so Brian K. Vaughn, but mm-hmm. you know, like it's still super fresh. <laughs> Do you feel like that this this book hits at a a huge cultural moment here in in Mex or in America, especially here as South in, in Texas that we are? How do you mean? Like, do you like, feel like that this is very like pre- reflective of our culture here? No, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, do you think that this is a an important piece that everyone should read to kind of understand that? I think it's perfect for people from this area. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because exactly for I mean the bilinguals of you know I think for anyone who speaks both those languages, this is kind of awesome. Just because it's not something you're going to get every day. You know what yeah. I mean? It's something where you're going to kind of get a fun experience. But it's perfect for like us who don't even speak Spanish because. Yeah. It created this fun experience of just trying to get through it, you know, yeah. and I even think someone who didn't speak English super well and only being able to read the Spanish sides would get an equally interesting experience from yeah. it all, you know, so I think it's kind of a very well-designed book to be kind of for anybody who wants to try something new and wants not a challenging read, but like a, a challenging in the way that like it makes you have to kind of think or like accept yes. that there's good because that's hard for me mm-hmm. i hate reading or watching anything and not understanding what the fuck's going on that is a big pet peeve for me i will tr- re-watch a movie i'll re-read a book a page on a book a hundred times until yeah. i understand what i'm reading you know <clears throat> so to yeah. have to accept that there was just things in this comic i wasn't going to understand was a little jarring for me you know yeah how did you how, did it open your eyes do you feel like you're going to be able to to kind of take other, I think, aspects from other movies or, or, or comics and be able to just have to parse it with the context that you understand first before... Just accept that I, sometimes I'm only going to yeah. understand so much. I don't know. It's like, I think that's something that I will still never be totally comfortable with, but I liked the challenge of having to accept that there was just going to be part of this I was never going to fully understand myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there, even beyond just the Spanish parts, because, you know, once we do get introduced to the aliens, mm-hmm. you know, we see that they kind of have their own language, which is just color bubbles. Yeah. Which I loved. And I... <laughs> I loved that, yeah. So when I was reading it the second time to, like, give context that that's what was going on, I kind of did, like, these... <laughs> you know, like, annihilation or, like... Yeah. A, <laughs> uh, noises. Like, war, yeah, war of the Worlds kind of noises. And I thought that was, like, such a good kind of description of probably how they would sound because it'd just yeah. be, like, these loud... They incomprehensible made, noises. Yeah, they made our our two characters like their ears bleed and mm-hmm. they fainted and passed out because of hearing at their language, yeah. which was unparsable. And do or, you think it was just because exactly it was just like such a weird noise our brains couldn't accept it, or it, because it's also so loud? You know what I mean? Because I feel I, like that's cause a good remember question. they like pack their yeah. ears lent to. I think it's much, it's more of uh, knowing Brian K. Vaughn. I think it's more of like a like a forbidden sound yeah. that would not be able to. To our brains can't handle it. So not even that. Our, our physicality of our eardrums can't handle it. Yeah. The wavelengths are too intense or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not um, even like loudly, but just like too but fine or we something. We meet two aliens that do speak, and they're the only aliens that do speak. They're the bosses, is what we kind of guess the kind of Right. Idea. What do you think about the other mis- mishmatch of, of aliens that that's, we catch? That's one the, of the things I wanted to kind of talk about because I feel like this panel was. Uh-huh them having a lot of fun of like we can just draw these fuckers yeah. however the fuck we want well, you know where do you th- do you want to like hypothesize like where did they come from what is that who are they do you think that they're other beings that they picked up in their travels do you think they belong to the same planet as them yeah i could almost believe that they're probably all from the same planet because they all kind of have that similar like 
tentacle-esque kind of yeah, body shape like a... with like different overall looks. So I bet that there could even be like smaller beings. Oh. And this is like either like like us armor that they're kind of wearing. Now, I don't even want to imagine like small and like giant mecha suits, but maybe this is just like Ar- you know, maybe they're just like armored up a little bit to be just like a bigger version of what they actually are you know like a more of like a fleshy kind of like like tendril thing? tendril kind of thing yeah and this is just their own unique kind of looks they decided to take on you know like i felt like maybe it's possible that they were like like a group civilization or like an advanced well because let, let's let's get into it because i mean mm-hmm. there's the well, part we get to see their background planet. yeah their yes. planet which we is... get one back back shot or what is it flashback of mm-hmm. them on their planet? How much of that did you understand? Because I was lucky enough to once again get it translated because that whole part is in oh, Spanish, you yeah. know? So I kind of was able to understand a little bit more of what those two were yeah. discussing in those moments, you know? So, yeah. Which yeah, I love. This is another pan- yeah, that yeah. I love so much where we kind of see it even shows that whose language each character mm-hmm. is going to be talking in that next part, which I thought was just such a nice touch, you know? No, like, yeah, this, this book is expertly delivered to you. Yes. Yeah. Um, do we want to jump into the ending of the book pretty much? Yeah, we can just jump around. It's really not too long of a book, you yeah. know, once again. So the ending not of the book, want. uh, Liddy and, and Carl, or God damn it, Oscar, <laughs> Liddy and Oscar, <laughs> Liddy and Oscar finally make it to the big head honchos, mm-hmm. the ball men. And they like make up, they put up enough of a fight to where the ball men are, the ball aliens are finally like because they travel around in yeah. these balls. Um, the ball boys. The ball boys. They they finally put up enough of of a fight that they're like, okay, we'll listen. We'll hear you out. And so they shove their tendrils up into their faces, and they do like a hive mind kind mm-hmm. of like experience of of everyone's thoughts and and realities. And so everyone's languages swap. Liddy becomes the color, mm-hmm, the alien language, the color, yeah, sound bubbles, and then Oscar becomes English, English, and then the aliens become Spanish. Spanish. And so I love that scene a lot because, as an English reader, we don't need the words to understand what is happening with Liddy's flashback. As a as someone who doesn't speak Spanish, we would happily take on the English bubbles that that. Oscar, Oscar gives has, us, yeah, yeah, to in his deeper flashback. explain his situation. Yeah. And then when it comes to the aliens who are now speaking Spanish, that's a sign to us as a, as a reader that it's only trying to parse what they're trying to say that like we can communicate with mm-hmm. someone other than us. And so I think that that's a good like like showing of if we just take the time to truly hear someone out and try to understand their language or, or what they're trying to say, we can do that with anybody. Yeah. And so even someone as, as foreign as, as that idea comes, it's only, it's the it's idea just of a barrier. Exactly. The, the idea of learning Spanish, it sounds easier than the idea of learning the color sound bubbles. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, exactly. It creates like a mentality that it is a reachable point and that right. there is communication. At the end of the day, they are still speaking a language that can be broken down into something comparable to our right. own, you know, exactly. like they're still conversing with each other, you know? Right. So no, that's so true, you know, and it, I love, that's probably my favorite part of this conversation for exactly kind of the same reasons it like you said it gives you so much more context into the the situations of each of the of the three groups you know and once again we we've gotten enough of context from Liddy to know kind of what's going on with her husband so we don't need to hear it to see it and understand it you know what I mean 
Oscar, thank God we get some English so we can understand what the hell's going on, you know right. what I mean? Because we know something horrible happened with his son, but it's like, why is this scary woman with a gold tooth fucking with him so hard, you know? So, um, but God, I mean, that was like very, I didn't want to compare, you don't want to compare, don't want to compare it to. It's fine. That's that's I'm going in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it was it, literally I got like Demon Slayer vibes when he literally walks in and his wife and son are just like slaughtered in a corner. I was yeah. just like, God, like what is what? We'll we'll talk more about that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. No, I just wanted to talk about the aliens right yeah, now. Yeah, but aliens right now. Um, I mean, how much did you feel like you got from their situation? Just the that Spanish the, bubbles? the planet was dying mm-hmm. and that they had no more food source and that all their fish were just scattered across the floor for some reason. Yeah, I think they're like standing on like an ocean bed is what that oh. moment's supposed to be it's like a dried out ocean and they're being like look what the fuck's happening to our planet we're fucked that makes sense you know? <laughs> okay so i guess they take it upon themselves to try and and invade another planet mm-hmm. for their resources and so um i think they actually travel to like a couple of places That's too what was I, even so i think that those other aliens are probably aliens from dying planets as well oh, and they so like... they just hitch a ride onto the mothership of these two ball men <laughs> And so they that's, created a community of like yeah. these aliens that need a new place to go. That's a good theory. I mean, I kind of like that as, I mean, it, it's going to be one of those, I guess. You yeah. know what I mean? It's either a group of randoms or, I mean, like exactly. Maybe they're like, my theory, like the armored, because right. their planet's like dying and shit. And it's almost like gas masks or something that they yeah. created for themselves, basically. So they can survive the toxics and environments they've created. Okay. Yeah. Mask culture. Yeah, ma- mask culture. You want to take a break? Let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll finish talking about Barrier. Talking about a little barrier. Barrier. Right. So let's get into our protagonist a little bit. Let's talk about Liddy first because we're introduced to Liddy first. She lives on a farm, I'm assuming. Because does does she talk about her animals? The fact that she has horses. I think she has cattle. It's like a oh, ca- it's like okay. a cattle ranch she has on the Texas yeah border. Um, yeah, and she lives in. Do you remember this? The farm far far. I think, I think it's it was far, far Texas. Texas. Yeah. P H. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she lives there and um, she's having issues with, I mean, first and foremost, we see the decapitated horse head, but then she talks to, I guess, border patrol and they put like a blimp above her farm. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that before? No, I, I had never heard of anything like that before. I I'm guess not saying it doesn't exist, but that's incredible. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess it's like a security kind of thing. But Does someone man the blimp? Is it like a drone? We don't get enough context about that. I yeah, think. I don't think we get enough explanation on what's going on there. More just the fact that I think they're just trying to tell her like, hey, you should get out of town. You know, if you don't feel oh, safe, yeah. you know, and she's just like, how... How dare you? And so we know that she's no longer with her husband. Mm-hmm. We don't explicitly know why or how or, or what's happened, but mm-hmm. she misses her husband. And so we kind of have to assume that he's died yeah. for some reason, somehow. I mean, it's something that she feels like she can't leave this place, you know, right. that is the last thing she has of, of, him, of him is what she yeah. said. So, um, But as as we progress through the story and as we see her upon the alien ship, we learn more of her, of, of her background and her 
and like her flashbacks and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's the scene that I adore, which is her nightmare. Mm -hmm. I think she gets knocked out by the aliens and she reawakens after the nightmare. But the nightmare is of her husband riding the decapitated horse sprinkles into a tornado mm -hmm. and he has a fucking hole in his head yeah, from a, a bullet fucking bullet hole in his head yeah and she's screaming and nothing can be heard i think this is right after the aliens first speak to her and yeah. she has the bloody ears I so she's right. deaf yeah and i thought that that was fucking dope mm -hmm. i thought that that scene was so sick and it kind of pretty much explains to you probably what happened to her husband without actually directly right. showing you. You know what I mean? Like, did, how did you feel about that scene? Did what? Uh, do you remember how you felt right then and there? Were you like, "Ooh, he was killed," or did you think he was? Oh like, no! I right then and there, I was like, "Oh, he this dude fucking killed himself." Because she'd already been talking about how he had problems. Yeah, uh, she'd already kind of hinted that he had some like emotional distress. Had, you know, he he. She said that he was always worried about the coming future. Yeah, something like that. Like he was like dreading something inevitable do you think that this is kind of like a like a uh, a uh m night Shyamalan signs kind of thing it almost has like that. He, he knew that the aliens were eventually coming or something yeah i mean absolutely I think like that... in a, in a more primal way where he couldn't bring it to words he couldn't even understand his feeling but he knew something dreadful was coming yeah it's almost like a what is it um like when you can see the future a little like bit. Like deja vu? Not deja vu, but yeah. um, like, like when a... you have a premonition. You know, we oh, almost had like premonitions yeah. of aliens, you yeah. know. And I think that definitely is probably kind of what it is. Because we don't have any context that they came to Earth before this situation, right. you right. know. But uh, obviously the aliens were here floating above Earth for a while. Because they're the reason why Sprinkle's head was on the floor. De like, Yeah, we don't unscanned. even really get an explanation of like why that. You think they like... I think, okay, because when they first get abducted, L Lydian and Because they're not even the first people that get taken. We also right. realize that later on. Yeah. But when Lydian and Oscar get abducted, they get, when they're floating up into the ray, other biogen Yeah, life. we see like the little bugs and everything yeah, else. Yeah, so there. obviously they pick up living things first and foremost, not necessarily grass and, mm -hmm. and trees, but the ray specifically picks them up. For some reason, Liddy's clothes get burned Burned off. off. Yeah, they don't explain why. She does hardly explains why it affected her clothes and not his, you know? <laughs> but um, I guess what I'm curious about is why the horse had ended up back on Earth. You know what I mean? That's the only That's evidence true. of like any of the organic material making it back onto the planet. You know what I mean? Do you think but, it was an accident where it only sucked like, up half of the horse and it like burned off its skin? That's what I'm, yeah, I'm guessing. Maybe they only got the body and missed the head or something. What do you yeah. think they want with the organic life? To maybe do tests on it to see if our, our planet is like sustainable for them would be oh. my guess. Like see like the oxygen levels in I our blood maybe, or like... I thought maybe know? it was food. I thought they wanted to consume all of our livestock and all of the living human mm -hmm. everything on earth as as like a i don't know well, if it, well a food source yeah so uh because we do see a little bit of like an experimentation on that oh uh, right and at one point yes. in time too you know what i mean so, so we do find a third... that's what i think is kind of cool we don't once again through barriers of communication we don't really know why they're doing i mean we know True. that they're trying to escape their planet because it's dying but we don't really understand why they're doing the experiments they're doing once they get to our planet right. you know and it's like maybe this is why the other plants weren't successful either because they went there and just like started fucking up the species there you know yeah. like who's i like that kind of once again not knowing that little bit of mystery you know behind yeah. the aliens and their kind of 
motivations on some of that shit. But yeah, do you want to talk about Oscar? Yeah, let's get our boy Oscar. You know what I mean? So Oscar is from Honduras, Mm -hmm. and he's traveling all the way up to. Okay, I want to talk about what I understood. Yeah, no, that's totally true. Okay, so because Oscar's whole parts are in Spanish, Mm -hmm. and so from what I was able to gather through context clues was that he was from Honduras, and he needed to come up to America because a friend of his or a relative had a job for him in California. And so he's making his way through like railroad tracks mm-hmm. and and the backs of cars and, and wherever mm-hmm. to Texas, to the to the Mexican Texas border. border yeah. And that's where he's his main goal is. But he's bringing along with him this red book yeah. that he refuses to leave behind. And you know, we learned through flashbacks the significance of that book, but I just want to talk about what I understand because we also see a scene with him. He's like a ice cream man. Yeah, it's horchata. Horchata, that's right. He's an, he has an horchata yeah. cart, and so he has a cart, and there's a woman with a gold tooth that you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that obviously wants him to do something for her. She has a lot of money, and she wants him to do something for her. And I figured it was a mule. He yeah. want, She wanted him to be a mule of some sort for drugs, maybe. And he said, no, I don't need your money. I don't need to do that. I'm doing this as legitimate as possible. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's all through flashbacks about while he's on board of the ship and, and Liddy and him are, are, you know, like fucking Indiana Jones in yeah. their way around the <laughs> ship. Um, but let's talk about his big flashback where we see it all in English. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give us more context on that? Yeah. So, I mean, like what we find out, I mean, you're pretty much right on the nose from having yeah. had a little bit more of this Spanish parts kind of explained. I fucking... The most confusing part about that whole scene with the Artrata card is that we find out that the group of people playing soccer a hundred feet away from them are playing it with a human head for some reason. What the you fuck? know, <laughs> you don't remember that? No. Yeah, it's like a whole part of that. And it's I didn't like, even notice. And they're like not associated with the conversation being had or anything, but it's supposed to be like the big scary moment of like uh, this is the real yeah, the reality you live in, you know what I mean? Mm. And so I think that's it's really that. He's like because he lives in like a horrible part of Honduras too, yeah. you know? So it's like wanting to just get out of like the worst area for his son, you know, and mm-hmm. wanting better for his child. Right. So, so I, yeah, you know, we, we learned that he has a, a, a wife and a child mm-hmm. and the son is the one that drew all kinds of like superhero yeah. pages in the, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, so I, know. I thought that that was, I mean, I kind of had a feeling the more he talked about his son, the more it became relevant that obviously the book had obviously something to do with the son, you know right. what I mean? So the, when we finally get to see the superhero pages, I was like, that makes so much sense. I just know? love that it's comic books. Yeah, it's you like a little I mean? comic it's book. It's just more hero. comic <laughs> books. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, does Brian K. Vaughn have a son that draws little comics? And that was like a little I, I homage think, to that or I something. I think you know? the, I think Martine or, and, yeah, and Vicente Or the writers. Yeah, yeah, dude, that would make so much sense. Either way, yeah, you could feel the very personal mm-hmm. attachment to this comic in those yes. kind of ways. But either way, so we find out that... Uh, yeah, he's essentially told her, no, I'm not going to work for you. I'm going to take my family and go to America yeah. yeah, because I'm getting out of this shithole. Um, and so we see when he comes home that night from working that she's essentially slaughtered, she's slaughtered yeah, his kids, wife and yeah. son, you know, and with the message of like, no one gets out of this place. You're going to be here working for me forever, you right. know. And so, of course, through perfect circumstance, he's able to overcome 
you know, the guy she's with and her and kill them both. And then, yeah, it was a very lucky thing because the gun jams and there's the flaming hot beans on the stove. Well, and even the idiocracy of the gun jamming and then having someone you're trying to kill standing in front of you and be like, oh, here, let me just fuck with my gun for a minute right here in front of you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'll be like, hey, back off a minute, buddy, while I figure this out, you know? Um, (laughs) What's it called? So, I mean, through those circumstances, he kills them and then is forced to essentially go on the journey right. alone with nothing but that red journal left, you know, from his son. I mean, yeah. and I think that's actually a funny thing we get to see is that some of the items that they have when they're on the alien ship is just the handful of things he had with him right. when he left. So it's like coffee beans, that yeah. book, you know, it's just like really simple stuff that they end up having to utilize kind of through the story. Right. Um, and so I liked that. You know, it, it's almost like a point and click adventure where you're only giving these <laughs> items and you have to try to figure out how they're significant in the journey. But I also, I know it sounds silly. I liked that it was these items that he had brought essentially all the way from Honduras that mm-hmm. ended up helping them versus like where they got kidnapped in Texas. Right. It's not like any of Liddy's things that really, you know, besides <laughs> maybe her her horse's bones, <laughs> yeah, they really get utilized in any yeah. kind of way. So I don't know. There was like a weird little thing about that that I kind of liked. That it was like, I like that Liddy uses rope to tie up one of the aliens. Oh, I fucking <laughs> loved that whole part. See, because yeah, she's a cattle, you know, she ha- wrangles true, cattle. Yeah. So that's where that whole part, she's like, I've wrangled, you know, worse heifers than this. You know? I, I can tell when a cow's in pain and this boy's in pain. You know, <laughs> just like, <laughs> it's so good. Um, but yeah, let's, since we covered the aliens flashback where we see them speaking in Spanish, yeah. and we see Oscar's flashback where he, everything's speaking in English. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Liddy's flashback. Mm-hmm. And so it's of, and it's perfect because it's all in color. The the speech bubbles mm-hmm. like the alien speak, and we see, I guess, like a, a man from the bank, and they're foreclosing on the the property, and he's brought a sheriff with him, mm-hmm. and I guess through like grace or or what what may i guess goodwill they she hears the bang in the house she rushes in notice all of her speech bubbles at this point are solid blue Mm -hmm. referring that she's only saying one word over and over and it's probably her husband's name and she rushes into the home to find him having committed suicide shooting himself in the head how did you feel about this i mean like i said i had a feeling that he had killed himself when we saw Mm -hmm. the 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 flashback or the dream sequence with the tornado and everything. But I mean, it was very powerfully delivered. And the fact that once again, we don't have to hear it or, you know, you you know, that's so smart of you to look at the color and (laughs) taking context by that. Cause I didn't actually do that, but that's so true that that's probably just her yelling her husband's name over and over again. I like to imagine it's Bill. I I like to attribute blue to Bill. (laughs) (laughs) No, Bill's kind of the perfect name, right? Yeah. But she, yeah, I mean, I guess through through goodwill or or um, whatever, the bank doesn't foreclose yeah, on the property. I, I mean, it could even be one of those situations where, like, maybe life insurance. Or, well, no, wait, that doesn't work when you commit suicide. No, it doesn't. Right? I was gonna say it could even be one of. The, I mean, they don't. This is just diving deep into this, the, the the lore of this comic. The litigation. Yeah, the, but I mean, there is circumstances like that where you know because once a bank buys property like that, they put it up for auction. And a lot mm. of times, those auctions they'll. People will go out and true. essentially hold it down so that the person who owned that land can rebuy buy back at like dirt cheap price. You know, yeah. I think I saw a YouTube video about that where mm-hmm. there was this kid's dad's car was being auctioned and someone bought it for a heavy price and then gave it turned around and gave it back gave to it right kid. back to him. Yeah, but I mean, regardless, it's heavy. Yeah, all the this is when we see the flashbacks of all three 
characters' tragedies. Yeah. And that gives the aliens enough to to know the pain that these humans have, have endured. Experienced, yeah. Uh-huh. And so they drop them back on Earth. You think that's what it is? They're just like, oh, shit, they've been through enough. <laughs> we don't need to come in and wreck their planet, you know? I think so. I think the idea here is that the aliens don't feel the same way humans do. And since we feel grief for num- numerous reasons, they understand that as the heaviest of griefs, like losing a planet. Yeah. And so they decide to turn around and, and drop Lydia and Oscar back down onto Earth. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to think about it. I kind of wanted to believe that um, they... See, it doesn't make any sense because they definitely killed some people in their, yeah. their, <laughs> in their conquest. But I wanted to believe that they didn't want to... Kill higher functioning... Yeah, they wanted to find a planet that didn't have like a higher functioning species already surviving on it. And right. that was like basically them testing to see... Like you the know, mentality of, of the species. Exactly. And maybe... Before Liddy and Oscar, they basically just saw us like animals or like mm-hmm. cattle or like a lower life form. And it's basically through the pain in the ass antics of these two people that they're like, oh, maybe these creatures are more evolved than we thought. Yeah. And that's why they even give them the chance to like look into their minds and see like and then, yeah, they're like, oh, we're more like than we thought. I guess we shouldn't do to them what has been done to us. You right. know, maybe it's really the mentality. So did this book ever make you feel sorrow to the point where you wanted to cry? No, no. <laughs> no. I but, think I, 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 I had a tear built really? up in my eye. I mean, you definitely feel for these characters, and I love the relationship they build with each other yes, so quickly. That's the most you important know? thing about this book. I mean, we haven't even talked about it so much, but it really is the bread and butter of this book. Is the fact that even through hardly being able to understand each other, these two become the the rocks that hold yeah. and hold each other up. You know what I mean? And um. There's just so many like cute little moments between them where there's just like these communication errors, you know. And like I love the part. There's a whole part where he gives her like a monologue. She's uh-huh. talking about like giving up. She's like, "We're done. Yeah. We're gonna fucking die." You know, this is it. And he just gives her this whole speech, which was even barely translated to me of basically being like, "Fuck that." You know, there's people in this world that need us. Like we're gonna stay alive at all costs. And literally, her response is. I don't know what the fuck you just said. <laughs> and I was like, that's so perfect because that's how I feel right yeah. now. You know, like, I don't know what the fuck you just said. <laughs> no, that's so. very true. <laughs> so. um, do you want to talk about the big twist cliffhanger? Yeah. <laughs> I think the ending of this book is fucking brilliant. That's so funny because it's such a, a mentality of the aliens. Of, oh, it doesn't matter where we fucking drop them off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, But it's big, also a perfect statement of the whole language barrier all over, over again. Over again, yeah. And so the big plot twist is that, you know, the aliens decide to drop Lydia and Oscar back off and we get a beautiful shot of a KFC, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason. But then we realize that they are not in America. They're not in Latin America. They're in like... Saudi Arabia or I think the, it's Pakistan or Pakistan or yeah. the Middle East somewhere yeah yeah <laughs> and so you know and everyone's speaking uh Ur- Urdu Ur- yeah Urdu Is I think it's I mean? Urdu and um, and so neither of our characters find out yeah, exactly what it is <laughs> can understand a word going on and it's like a hostile environment they have you know they have guns <laughs> so it's just like that big twist yeah of it's like, Urdu Urdu yeah and so I think that they end up in Pakistan and they're speaking Urdu. At least that's what it seems no, like. I, I don't want to make a racist assumption. Yeah, exactly. But that's why I was like, somewhere in there. Yeah. But that definitely seems to be the, the But it's the it. same idea of like the language barrier. And mm-hmm. once again, like like we have to just, as a, hum, as a human race, we refuse to try and understand 
each other. <laughs> exactly. And so I think it's a perfect sentiment of how this book could end. Yeah. I mean, it gets its message across perfectly in the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. So now let's talk about how do you feel like this book could be adapted? Would you want to see an adaption of this book? I think that would be amazing. It would just be a challenge because they would have, I mean, they would have to do it bilingually like it mm -hmm. is. And that's, that's hard to put in a, in a. I think that that's perfect. I think that to break stereotypes, to force people to have to consume a product that is not in their native language I think, but you don't think they would just subtitle all the Spanish parts no. because that. I mean, I would want them not to, but I think that would be the reality. I would you know want what I mean? them not to too because I feel like it's it's it has to break that barrier. Mm -hmm. You have to force you to out of your comfort zone, uh, comfort zone, in order to fully accept this as as what it is. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so I think, do you feel like this would be a good live action movie or, or would you rather see it as a television series? I think it would be better. I mean, as a television series. Like a mini series? Maybe, maybe like four episodes or something. Oh, exactly. You know, yeah. like, you know, like four, like 30 minute episodes or like a four. If they really wanted to and like dwell into both characters' backgrounds, they could do like a nice, clean, like six episode mm -hmm. or eight episode. Too. Yeah. Like we each, we get a story, like basically the first hour episodes, they're each backstories, you know, is the whole first comic leading right. up to that situation. And then we, you know, they would get just several, you know, stories of them going because we then we could have whole episodes of them getting their own experiences through the ship mm -hmm. and flashbacks to how they kind of ended up there you know one thing that i noticed the early on, once again the challenge with that and would be the amount of content that would be misunderstood from yes, you know what i mean yeah. there's going to only be so much of sitting through scenes of people speaking spanish that people are going to want to deal with you know is my word well, the, realistically thinking about that's it, the thing people I, in the audience they'd be you know right so that's what i was about to bring up is that when i was reading this book I noticed that I was sitting there really trying to pull as much context as I could out of the Spanish speaking bubbles. Yeah. And that's when I realized whenever I'm watching a primarily Spanish speaking show, especially at, at Ashley's family's house mm -hmm. home, I can I can easier, easily, more easily understand pull the context. context out of audio and full motion than I could out of single images and just the text. Yeah, definitely. And so I could understand through infliction of voice or or how things are said mm -hmm. or hearing a word and then being able to understand, oh, that has the same root word as an English word I know. This must be what they're speaking about. I feel like I could understand it better. And so I think if you were to do this as a hard like b language barrier television show, I think it would be way easier to parse than the comic book. I personally, agree. I agree that it would be easier, but I actually think now I feel like I would go back on saying that I think it'd be better. I think it would be better as a series, but I think it would be more successful as a movie oh. simply for the reality of once again. Yeah. Cause now I'm like thinking about like, okay, four hours of content, mm -hmm. half of that. Well, okay. We'll say a third of that being in Spanish. You know what I mean? That's still, that's still heavy. That's a lot of sitting yeah. through Spanish speaking and even, and only understanding through context where right two and a half hour movie say 40 minutes of it is in spanish you know right. what i mean it's just a little bit more i think uh, mentally manageable yeah, yeah. Uh, and could still definitely get the point across so yeah i think this would be a great um netflix movie yeah I i'm gonna say i'm gonna say a hulu hulu original <laughs> <laughs> just like, who would pick it up better you know an I'm amazon gonna, prime right i'm gonna say um a spotify original yeah we're, i'm gonna say peacock should pick this one up you know <laughs> i'm gonna say uh quaker oaks oh yeah there you go <laughs> Quaker Oats original. 
streaming service. You can only you can only get it by scanning the barcode on your phone of a fucking Quaker Oats fucking tube. Yeah, either, either the, the oatmeal or the bar. You know. God damn. Okay, but I mean that's barrier. Yeah, fucking good ass book, and you can read it for fucking Next, any price you want. Yes, let's say that. Okay. I mean, if you're on hard times, you can yeah. read it for free. I mean, that's the great thing. You can read it. If you love it, you can go back and support it. You know yes, what I mean? Is exactly. even what I would say to that. But it's it's publicly available to everybody mm-hmm. in a super awesome place. You can download it on a PDF, a comic book file. It's accessible on basically any platform you yeah. want to read it on. So, And it's great. This is something I'm kind of shoving down the throats of everybody I'm talking to right now. Really? Because it's such a short read, mm-hmm. it is, it's, and it's, and it's, it's an experience. It's like a roller coaster ride yeah. in the way of like, that was so much fun. Just go get on that real quick. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a, it won't take all day. <laughs> it's it's very good. Uh, the artwork's beautiful. Sick. It's so dope. I love the design work that that um, that uh, Marcos Martin mm-hmm. and um, Munsa Vicente kind of put together with their their aliens. Mm-hmm. Oh God, it's so good looking. Everything looks beautiful. It's otherworldly. I, I can literally see Brian K. Vaughn just being like, guys. Okay, imagine. A, an immigrant from Latin America and a hard Texan cattle rancher <laughs> abducted by aliens. Go. All right, just draw whatever you want. <laughs> he only speaks Spanish. She only speaks English. Go. <laughs> you know, like, and I yeah. feel like they just did whatever the hell they wanted and we got that. Yeah, you know, you can tell they love War of the Worlds and yeah, shit like that. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, but that's yeah, it, man. Go read it. We love it. Um, and catch us next week. We'll be talking about. Hellboy, the right hand of doom. Dude, hell yeah for some Hellboy. I think it's a couple of stories. Okay. So we'll I'm have a that. lot to talk about with that. I'm excited. Um, Mignola. Yeah, Mignola. Can we do a little Mignolis? <sighs> go, go get some strombolis. <laughs> um, thank you guys for listening. Thank Come back so next week. Um, do your thing, Ken. Yeah, we will see you then, or we will see you on another time. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.